0: Welcome along to another Know My Faith Monday podcast, and my guest today is ex-pat New Zealand evangelist Ray Comfort, who many years ago moved to Southern California and has been making waves over there, if you'll excuse the pun. I caught up with uh, Ray uh, a little while ago, and we'll play that interview for you shortly. But uh, Ray started out his life as an evangelist in the square in Christchurch uh, on a stepladder Uh, basically haranguing against the wizard. For those in New Zealand that remember the wizard, he was very, very famous in Christchurch for a while. Ray took that to Southern California and he's continued doing that. So let's play you a little clip of how he does it nowadays. Sadly, atheism is
1: very prevalent in Vienna and in much of Europe.
0: And atheism almost always
1: substitutes God's creative hand with Darwinian evolution. And most who believe the theory seem confident but a little probing usually reveals that they don't really understand what they supposedly believe.
2: Do you believe in evolution or that God created man?
1: Evolution, but.
2: You believe in evolution? I do believe in God. Tiago, why would you believe in evolution? It's a fairy tale for grown ups.
1: They have evidence.
2: Okay? Tiago, tell me your scientific evidence.
1: They have fossils. They've seen.
2: Who's they? Scientists. What scientists? Wait,
1: no, 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 no. When someone claims to believe in God and evolution, they usually don't believe in the God of the Bible. Instead, they believe in the God of their imagination, otherwise known as an idol. The second commandment warns against this. They've studied animals in a such way that they've managed to see how, that we cooperate the same way they do, or at least they did. So, you know, there must have been Two some sort of, of correlation.
2: homology structures, like, um, dogs have eyes. And we have eyes. No, I'm talking about. Monkeys have eyes and ears, and we have eyes. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. That's. I'm talking about how, for example, monkeys use tools to get food. We use tools to get food, too.
2: What what does that tell you? That we came from monkeys or that God created monkeys? It means that there's a connection. What's the difference between you and an ape?
1: Nothing, really. Nothing, really. Nothing. Really? No difference at all between you and an ape? What a shame. You know, so many people go through life living as if they're just an animal, free from all moral absolutes.
2: Instead of glorifying the God that set them apart from the animals, they act as if there's no difference. There's a big difference. You are a moral creation. You have a conscience. You have the ability to love God or reject Him. You're a human being. That's the difference between you and an ape. An ape is a beast, a horse is a beast, a dog is a beast. They're not like humanity. So are we more important? Oh, yes, sir. God has made man higher than the animal kingdom. Did not you know that? You see, God, God says good is moral perfection. You're not a good person. Did you know that? Do you know how I can tell? By asking you a few questions. Okay. Have you ever told a lie?
1: Yes. Have you? Yes.
2: What do you call someone who tells lies?
1: A liar? Have
2: you ever stolen something?
1: Uh, as a kid, you know. Yeah, candy. what do you call someone who steals things? A stealer. Have you?
2: Yes, sir a thief is what you call them. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes, have you? Yes. No. That's called blasphemy. Will you take the name of the God who gave you life, gave you ears to hear good music with, taste buds to enjoy good food, a brain to think with, and lavished His goodness upon you, and you have used His name as a cuss word to express disgust? That's called blasphemy. You can't show any more contempt for someone than to use their name as a cuss word. One more question to see if you're a good person. Jesus said, whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust?
1: Well, I... I...
2: Sexual desire!
1: Okay, I understand the question, but what you said about Jesus, what did Jesus say?
2: That's what Jesus said. Whoever looks upon a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. Have you ever looked at a woman with lust? I've looked at someone
1: and thought she was cute, but...
2: I didn't say, if you thought she was cute? Have you looked at her with sexual desire? You want to go to bed with her? Lust, pornography of the mind. Are you a normal male? That's what I'm trying to find out. Or are you homosexual?
1: Yeah, but have you too?
2: You've done that? Yeah, have you? Of course. There's red blood in my veins. So listen, Mr. Diego. If okay, well, to... there's
1: one thing you haven't done from those five things you just asked me, and that's use God names in vain, yes. and that you can control. What's that? That's the one thing you can control. You cannot control not to lie. There's not one person on this planet that can go on living all his days of his life without lying once. So in just over two minutes, Diego's gone from someone who thinks he's an animal to someone
2: with moral accountability before God. But now, he's trying to justify himself by saying that everyone sins. It's not just him. This is also an attempt to lessen the serious nature of sin. But the truth is, when someone claims that everybody sins,
1: they're actually agreeing with the Bible. But what I'm trying to say is...
2: Everybody sinned like the Bible says. Exactly that, there's not a righteous man on the face of this earth. Now Diego, by your own admission, you're a liar, a thief, a blasphemer, and an adulterer. heart. I'm a liver. Yeah,
1: at the moment. Call me a liar, a thief, whatever it is, I'm living.
2: Yeah, I know that. And
1: that's what I'm gonna do.
2: We can see you living. <laughs> Sir, you wait around, I'd like to talk to you, and you too, okay? <laughs> there's no point to 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 get
1: you know I'm gonna talk to you later you know just you believe in your God you let other people believe in their God right. spread the things there's no point to spread anything we're all out here for the same reason anyways just to live and communicate
2: that's right let me communicate with you now okay no okay. you're
1: trying to make me believe something where I have already made up my mind you just
2: told me let people communicate I'm trying to communicate with you and you are going like this let me communicate with you okay if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on the Day of Judgment, do you think you'd be innocent or guilty? Uh... Lying, thieving, blasphemous, Okay, heart. I'll be... You'd be guilty? I'll be guilty. Yeah. Would you on that basis, according to God, go to heaven or hell? Uh, hell. Does that concern you? Uh, no. Don't you like living?
1: Uh, yes. Don't you
2: appreciate your life? Yes. You want to live?
1: Um, once this is physically over, I am...
2: Where did you get that information from? Because the My Bible thoughts. says you're going to live forever. You'll either live in heaven or hell. God will either give you justice or mercy. Diego, I don't want you to go to hell. You may not care, but I care for you. I've come all this way from Southern California to talk to you and say, Diego, listen to your conscience. Realize there's a God who's holy. He's not the God that's in your image. He's perfect and righteous, and he'll by no means clear the guilty. And he says, all liars are their part in the lake of fire. That horrifies me that could happen to you, a human being. I care about you and so does God. He's provided a way for you to be forgiven. Jesus Christ suffered and died for your sins. He took the punishment due to you, so you wouldn't have to go to hell. Then he rose from the dead and defeated death. And what you've got to do is forsake your sins, turn from them in repentance and trust in Jesus Christ. And then you'll come to know him and to know his life eternal. And you'll find out what I'm saying is true. It's the gospel truth. I wouldn't lie to you.
0: So, Ray, thank you for taking time to join us.
2: It's it's an absolute pleasure. Good to see you, Rob.
0: You too. Now, you are a long way from home in some way. Well, a long way from Christchurch, but in some respects, you haven't moved an inch. You're still out there telling people about Jesus.
2: Yeah, there's nothing else to do, nothing better to do. And I mean that in the greatest way possible, uh, to tell people how they can find everlasting life. I mean, what a privilege. And Some guy said to me the other day, uh on youtube on the comment section he said you've been saying exactly the same thing for 10 years and i said no i haven't i've been saying the same thing for 40 years <laughs> and the gospel doesn't change it hasn't changed in 2000 years we're sinners we're dying god offers everlasting life through the cross doesn't change it's the gospel
0: it's exactly the same isn't it however the, the your titles have changed because i remember that book and i was looking for a copy of it um, the other day my friends are dying Yes. that famously, famously got changed to um, Hell's Best Kept Secret.
2: Well, yes and no. That's a, a different book. Um, my Friends Are Dying got changed to Out of the Comfort Zone
0: uh, ah.
2: because the fact that people are dying of drug abuse in the U.S. isn't exactly news. In New Zealand, it was shocking that I had five friends that died through drug abuse. So it was a shocking title over here. It was what? You know, my yeah. friends are dying. Yeah, they're all dying. Uh, so we changed the title and expanded the book. Uh, Hell's Best Kept Secret is uh, Principles of Biblical Evangelism. So it's a completely different
0: book. Okay, so we were, I'll talk a little bit about that uh, later. But one of the things that we do with Know My Faith is we're exploring, uh, call it the Jewishness of our faith. But we're, we're trying to do it in a way that doesn't overbalance because so many people are doing that. They're, they're, they're concentrating more on, it's almost like they're worshiping Israel as opposed to worshiping the Lord and worshiping Jesus. But I had no idea until a few years ago that you actually had Jewish blood.
2: Yeah, it's running through my veins. I've got about eight pints. My mum was Jewish, uh, but she didn't even hardly know who Moses was, let alone the Red Sea and all that sort of stuff. She was a secular Jew as you could get. And most Jews are secular. They've just got a a lifestyle. They live and kosher this, kosher that, but they don't understand the scriptures and they're not looking for the Messiah. Most of them, Orthodox Jews perhaps are, and some others are, but most of them haven't got a clue uh, what their Jewishness is about.
0: So do, did you like have a Jewish upbringing?
2: No, I didn't have any upbringing. I was just sort of dragged up. Um, I, uh, I was left spiritually dead. I went to church, I think, twice or three times in 22 years. Each time I was bored. I remember once I was 10, and the preacher was just driving me crazy because it was so boring. And then they brought some real wine around. And when that hit the back of my throat, I thought, this is worth it. It was just a a big big thrill but i had no interest in the things of god whatsoever before i came to christ
0: so so the jewishness was just it was just hey we're jewish and and that's it well Mum's jewish because he was just a kiwi lad
2: all my my uncles are uh uh, like uncle um dave and uh they had bible names you know elizabeth and uh and that's about it i I
0: think you've got an uncle elizabeth
2: Yeah, Uncle Elizabeth, here's a bit weird. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, I went to synagogue after I became a Christian, and I wonder why they're all staring at my Jesus badge. It was kind of weird. Yeah,
0: kind of weird. So let's talk about that side, because you became a Christian. You didn't become a messianic believer. You became a Christian, became a full-on evangelist. When did you start to, because I know that the the Jewish side of things is a little bit more, shall we say, important now.
2: Yeah, what was the question?
0: Yeah. When, when did you start looking into that more Jewish side of, of Christianity?
2: I really didn't. But the early Christians were Jews. People don't realize that, you know, sometimes um, I'm open air preaching and a heckler will say, look, I'm Jewish. This has nothing to do with me. I say, I'm Jewish, too. They said, you can't be Jewish. You're a Christian. I said, you want to see my blood? I'm Jewish by race um, and, and I'm Christian by religion, If I, for want of a better word. But, and then I explained that Christianity is as Jewish as you can get. Jesus was Jewish. The 12 disciples were Jewish. The first 5,000 Christians were Jewish. It was from the land of Israel, the Jewish land. And so uh, Jesus fulfilled all the Jewish messianic prophecies. So it's as, it's as Jewish as you can get. Christianity is the fulfillment of Judaism.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it, it's surprising that we spent so many years as Christians without actually discovering or realising that we yeah you know, we knew it in the back of our minds, I suppose, but it was never in the forefront.
2: What well, was in the forefront?
0: That Christianity is a Jewish religion.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's all throughout Scripture.
0: Yeah. Uh, years ago and I used to love the fact that when uh, when when Ray used to visit New Zealand and I would interview him on Rima he would bring me two packets of reeses one packet of smooth and one packet of crunchy which was always fun you bought me something else one time though you bought me a tie do you remember that a tie a tie a tie really? in fact yeah in fact th- this one here
2: oh i remember that
0: one Is that where I am that I'm not to... a... <laughs> yeah, sorry Oh, you didn't give it to me, you just took it off. I had around my
2: neck and it suddenly disappeared from the back. Yeah,
0: sorry about that. I am not ashamed of the gospel, not ashamed of the gospel, not 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 not, not ashamed, which which I love.
2: And there's a knot on the
0: top. There is too. Why do you think so many Christians are ashamed of presenting the gospel?
2: Well, they don't know what to say. Um, they've never studied it. You know, if you if you love something, you'll study it. When you're a baby, uh, you decided you didn't want to sit there gurgling, you you learn to crawl. Because you wanted to, even though you don't remember. Then you stood up and then you walked and then you started riding a bike because you wanted to. And then you drove a car because you wanted, you studied it. And so, if you want to stay a baby Christian, mumbling to yourself, go ahead. But if you want to grow in Christ, the best thing you can do is study the subject of reaching the lost. That's why we're saved. That's why we're Christians. You know, some people say to me, Oh, you're very gifted. I say, No, I'm not. It's like saying to a marathon runner that's just broke the tape, You're such a gifted runner. Just after he's broken the tape, he'd say, what are you talking about? See this muscle? It got here by hard work. I've denied myself ice cream and chocolate. For years, I've run 30 miles a week. This has been hard work, sweating and pain. I've fallen over, bruised myself. And that's how I got here. It's not a gifting. Exactly the same with evangelism. If I seem talented or gifted, it's only because I've put my foot in my face many times and fall over and bruised myself and, and studied it and sweat and pain and suffering to get where I'm at. And that means anyone can be involved in evangelism. All you need is the virtue of love.
0: Yeah, we, we're we scared often of making a mistake when we start. You know, what if, what if I say the wrong thing and, and by my words, I condemn someone to hell? And I think I remember you saying at one point, well, they were going to hell anyway.
2: Yes, uh, why am I smiling? Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're in a boat and people are drowning around you, you wouldn't say, I'm not going to reach out until I'm gifted and how I reach my hand out you know, in a gifted way. No, you'd reach out your hand, pull them in, and that's what you do. You know, the woman at the well uh, didn't go to a seminary for six years. She went out and she dragged the people back. She says, come and meet a man who told me all I ever wanted. She, she didn't, she didn't uh, have a gifting. She just had a love and a passion for the Lord and a concern for others, and that's all you need, and so you don't need Talent, all you need to do is understand the Biblicals of the principles of biblical evangelism. Let me share something with you That I haven't even got my thoughts together, but I hope it works Many of us crack an egg the wrong way You know when you want to poach an egg you go up the side of the pad and go like that And suddenly a bit of shell goes in the egg and you spend the next 10 minutes trying to find it before it goes white and and disappears That's not the way God designed it. There's a film on the inside of the egg that holds the shell to the film. And if you crack it on the edge of a pan, you're going to break that film. What you do is you hit it on a table on a flat surface. It doesn't break the film so that when you open it or peel it open with your thumbs, the shell stays on that film so it doesn't fall in. And I've been doing that for years and not getting shell in my egg. And there's a a way to crack open a sinner. There's a, a way that God has given us. He's got a hard shell. He's got a uh, prejudice in his heart, his enmity towards God. But the way to get to him is to um, do what Jesus did, address the conscience. Don't get yeah. into arguments with him about uh, about the existence of God. He already knows God exists according to Romans chapter 1. Go to his conscience. Just ask him if he thinks he's a good person like Jesus did with the with the, um, the rich young ruler that knelt down and said, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus, said, why do you call me good? He addressed the subject that human beings don't understand what good is. And then he went through the commandments with them. I think it's real interesting. If you study that portion, Mark 10, verse 17 and 18, you'll find that Jesus threw something in there that's very interesting. He didn't just give five commandments. He gave something else. He said, don't extort. Don't extort? extort not. That's what he said amongst the commandments. And I, I always thought the rich young ruler was a nice sincere young man who came to Jesus and said, mm. what should I do? But now he was a money grabbing guy who obviously was an extortionist. God his riches through extortion, because why would Jesus drop in that you shall not extort? And so what we've got to do is follow what Jesus did and open up those commandments and just say, did you know that God considers lust to be adultery? Hatred to be murder, all liars will their part in the lake of fire. And suddenly, instead of him arguing with you about the existence of God, he's nodding because you've addressed his conscience, as Jesus did, the work of the Lord. Because he,
0: he knows those things are wrong uh, yes. inherently. And as you mentioned in Romans 1, it says that every human being has got, I mean, you, you, Christianity is the only religion where we can be 100% certain because the Bible says that God has placed the knowledge of him inside everyone. So Buddhists inside them and and Hindus and and Muslims and atheists inside them, they know that Jesus is God.
2: Yeah, they know that God exists in the same way they know a building was built by a builder. No one looks at a building and says there was no builder. They know there was a builder. It could have been dead for 200 years, but they know there was a builder because the building couldn't have built itself, and it's the same with creation.
0: Do you ever have a a problem with, um, and probably with Christians, when when you're out uh evangelizing preaching because you use the law which you've just mentioned in evangelism the 10 commandments don't steal don't you know um you have a problem with christians going oh ray you're you, you're preaching salvation by works you know you're saying we have to do this to be saved."
2: all the time um i just have to start from the beginning and say okay here we go again i've got to say you know god gave us law as a mirror you don't wash yourself with a mirror you just see yourself reflect in the mirror in truth and then you go from the mirror of the law to the water of the blood of christ that's what the mirror of the law is for when we look into the perfect law of liberty can i tell you my most powerful weapon or show you my most powerful weapon for uh reaching the lost
0: for a moment i was expecting to <laughs> it is the dog
2: yeah <laughs> it's the dog this is this is a uh, youtube channel's got 154 million views and i go out on my electric bike with my dog both of us wearing sunglasses and i can go up to any group of people and instantly know them and like them and they like me and ask me about my dog and say <laughs> hey <laughs> knock it off sam <laughs> possibly
0: th- possibly <clears throat> thought there was some Australians watching
2: yeah actually as the guy come around to try and get rid of rats we've got a chicken coop and okay. I have, he's come around to play some rat catchers. So my dog's okay. telling me, someone's on the premises
0: that's wearing a mask. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that normal nowadays? <laughs> oh, so yeah. yeah, we, we were talking about these, these Christians and, and, and haranguing you about preaching a salvation by works, which is not what you preach.
2: No, salvation by grace through faith. A lot of people say, you know, salvation comes through believing in Jesus. No, it doesn't. It comes by God's grace through the medium of faith. Uh, If you go into a store and say, hey, I'd like to buy that flat screen TV. Here are 10 stones I got in the parking lot. Guy's going to say, get out of here. The means of exchange is not stones. It's currency. So if I say, oh, I got 10 $100 bills or $100 notes here, uh, that'll get me my flat screen TV. And the the way to get to God is through faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Faith is the medium by which there's a means of exchange. But we are saved through faith, by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves is the gift of God. So there's no way anyone can get to God by works, by yeah. keeping the law, by doing good works, by being religious or praying. It's all by God's mercy, by his absolute unmerited favor.
0: Do you still get scared going out doing what you do? Because I remember you told a story uh, years ago, or well, I think I remember you told a story and. Um, you were, you said to Sue one night that you weren't going out the next day, and the bed broke underneath you.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was you kind of, got, <laughs> kind of. The guy's leaving now, so he's saying he's leaving. <laughs> Sam, knock it off! I can see. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it was I? I for years I've got up forty years, <laughs> thirty-eight years. I've got up to pray at night, and one night I says I'm not getting up to pray, and that's the night our bed collapsed, and a great time of prayer that night. So. Uh, yeah, I'm not a good prayer, and the best time for me to pray is without distractions. So it's
0: been. During- right. So I've got that mixed up because I thought it was to do with actually going out on the street and facing people. No, but it's your I, age. That was that was a real fear that you had as well, wasn't it? I've still got it. I still after get forty fear. years.
2: Yeah, it's longer than forty years, and I still have problems with fear. Um, every little old Zacchaeus looks like a Goliath to me. Always, I see some guy stand there. He's just a little guy man, I suddenly see him six foot eight with big square jaw and big muscles and he can't wait to strangle a Christian. That's what's on my mind. But I ignore my fears. And the reason I ignore my fears is through love. Let me give a quick analogy. Imagine if I said to you, there's a pond over there, it's got big chunks of ice in it. It's so cold, it'll kill you in three minutes. That's how cold it is. Could I get you to jump into that pond? You say, no way. But if a four year old boy fell into that pond and it was deeper than he could handle, and he starts to drown you wouldn't hesitate you just jump in, and pull him out you wouldn't care about how cold it is because love can't stand and let a child let a child drown and the waters of personal evangelism or open air preaching are freezing cold but love is the motivation love will conquer your fears the bible says perfect love casts out all fears so if you've got a problem with fear don't pray for less fear pray for more love because that's the problem
0: yeah, and you, you you teach this a lot in the way of the master to, when you're talking to Christians. Is, is this is what you need to do? We need to love those sinners, overcome our own selfishness. It's like like so many people. Um, if if you've got somebody, you hand somebody a microphone, and they, you know, it, even in a in a party setting or something, and they go, they're all scared about them. Oh, I can hear my voice. You go, well, get over yourself. It's not about you. It's about those other people that that. Unless they find Jesus, they are going to spend an eternity in in destruction.
2: They'll be damned. You know what's helped me more than anything else, Rob? It's going to sound really weird. It's almost carnal in in the way I'm going to put it, but it really has worked for me. When I used to preach in Cathedral Square, I did it almost every day for 12 years. I'd start off most days with an anecdote, um, something that captured their attention, the crowd, so they wanted to listen. And it was always difficult because I had to get it right. Because if I didn't get it right, I was going to get laughed at or not listened to and Both yep. I didn't want. But about 30 years ago, I started asking trivia. And let me, let me tell you what I did. And I, I, I still do it. Let's uh, say I got a Huntington Beach. There's a crowd of you know, people walking past. Two or three people are listening. And I just stand up there with some dollar bills in my hand or some money and just say, oh, I, got, I got some trivia, giving away free money. What's the capital of France? Anybody? It rhymes with... Paris and begins with P. Anyone? Someone says Paris. I oh, must be a university student, educated. You're right, here's your dollar. Then I ask another question like that, You know, what color's the sky? And they'll say blue, good for you, here's a dollar. I say, what's your name, Sonny? He says, Tommy. I said, that's right, here's a dollar. And the crowd laugh. And then I say, anyone wanna go for $5? If you think you're a good person, gonna give you $5, I'll just give you a test. If you're not a good person, I'll still give you $5 anyway. That creates goodwill and it gets a crowd and then um, and people listen. So it's not as frightening for me because I know exactly where I'm going to go. I've got a book of trivia that asks these dumb questions and I can do it in a university, not feel intimidated, not feel nervous or scared. Anyone can do this. All you need is some money or some candy or chocolate or whatever, toss yeah. it at people. Although I've given up tossing chocolate at people. I got a lady in the head once with a candy bar and it wasn't funny.
0: Oh dear. <laughs> have you is it right you've started giving away the prizes for wrong answers
2: yes wrong answers we say we love losers here we are half, half a dollar and it <laughs> makes people laugh and makes them feel good and uh, it, it does create good goodwill with the crowd and, and, and you talk about the lord and they're not angry because they know you're gonna well, hang sense.
0: on so so back up there because one minute i'm doing trivia and asking what color is the sky and next minute i'm talking about jesus that's a heck of a transition.
2: It's not really because you say, okay, I want to give away $5 to someone who thinks they're a good person. What about you? Yeah, I'm a good person. What's your name? Fred. Fred, get up on the box because we've got a box for the heckler too. So we're right on. Right so say, Fred, where are you from? He says, oh, I'm a carpenter. Do you like your job? Plenty of work? He says, yeah. So you think you're a good person? I'm a really good person. So I don't believe you. I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to give you the 10 commandments as a measuring rod to see if you're good. And like I said, you get $5 anyway, so can you be honest with me? He says, yeah, I can be honest. So let's go, Fred. How many lies are you told? He says, oh, a stack. So you're a liar? I guess so. Have you ever stolen something? He says, yeah, just little things. So you're a thief, a lying thief. You still think you're a good person? He says, not now. And you just take him through (laughs) the commandment. And then when you get to judgment day, he says, man, I'm going to be guilty. He says, You're in big trouble, Fred. He says, yeah, I am. What should I do? And then you share the gospel with him and the crowd's listening, and then it goes up on YouTube and gets, Well, got 153 million views.
0: 153 million views, yeah. Yeah, That's so awesome. it's, it's the, um, You teamed up with uh, Kirk Cameron a while ago, and I remember no, this little no. skit. Uh, team, no. Kirk teamed with you? Yeah, a boy. <laughs> Smart lad, that Kirk Cameron. Yeah. There was a skit that he did with one of your other guys, and I can't, I can't remember who it was, but, but Kirk great. was... Was it Todd? Yeah, Kirk was uh, in his uh, pool chair beside the pool, and Todd was trying to tell him that you need Jesus to make your life better. And he's going, I've got the gardener here, I've got the pool cleaner, I've just got a new script for a new movie I'm making. Um, Which the whole thing was there to to show that the modern gospel, this gospel of, of come to Jesus and your life will get better, is not actually the gospel.
2: No, it's not. You can't find it in scripture. God has a wonderful plan for your life, isn't even in scripture. It it flies in the face of scripture, and you'll find that on most Christian uh, churches' websites, "God loves you" has a wonderful plan for your life. Well, tell that to Stephen while he's being stoned to death, or tell it to James as his head's being cut off, or tell it to the eleven disciples who are all martyred, or tell it to those who died horrific deaths in Fox's Book of Martyrs. You know, the 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 church, or tell it to the uh, thief on the cross.
0: You know, that Fox's book of martyrs, I listened to that as an audio book the other day from from ChristianAudio.com. That is such an encouraging book.
2: I couldn't read it. Scared the living daylights out of me.
0: Listen to it. Get the audio version and listen. It's just so encouraging. When you you listen to the reaction of these Christians, they were just like even, even, But even as they're on the stake and about to be burned. The, the, the faith that they had. And this is the thing that, that, to me, I think is one of the key factors, and you touched on it before. We don't really know God well enough. We don't know Jesus well enough to be able to uh, think ourselves comfortable enough to share him. I, I can talk to people a little bit about Ray Comfort, because over the last 30 years, I've known you a little bit. But I can't talk knowledgeably uh, about you whereas somebody like kirk or sue your wife they, they can talk knowledgeably because they know you and they can turn around and say no 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 Ray's not like that at all um we we need to get closer into jesus so that we, do you remember the advert years ago on the tv and i've, I've mentioned this a few times to, to people i've talked to there was a lady sitting in a restaurant and she's eating a bowl of cereal and she's going oh yum oh this is oh no oh, that's so nice and the waiter goes to a lady at another table. And she goes, I'll have what she's having. Oh, that's cool. You, you know, our relationship with Jesus should be like that, that other people look at us and go, I want what you've got.
2: That sounds like that lady was a plant to me.
0: No, I think she might have been, yeah. She's <laughs> probably to sell, sell
2: right, The guy's leaving a note on my door now. Sam, <laughs> you can see there's a note on the door. Come here. Yeah, it's all over. You might like to hear this out. Or just like you to leave it in as I can't keep my dog on the control. Sam, come here. Uh, I'll leave it yeah, in. Leave it. I'm okay. Um, let me just get back. Sam, I'm talking about something important. Uh, let me get back to uh, the thief on the cross. Yeah. Uh, as, the, uh, as, he, as he, I was going to say stood there, as he hung there next to Jesus, uh, he began the wonderful new plan that God had for him as he uh, suffers yeah. uh, and gets near death. And can come the soldiers and break his legs. That's the beginning of the wonderful new plan. And now he suffocates to death. And so being a Christian, this doesn't mean a bed of roses. It means a lot of thorns, persecution, tribulation, temptation. But God says you can have everlasting life with those things. So I can handle the everlasting life. I can handle the uh, tribulation, temptation, and persecution because God grants everlasting life to all those that trust him. And we live in a world that hates God. And that's the way it is uh, when you become a Christian.
0: Yeah, you've, uh, you've done a lot of uh, films, various different themed films. I think the first one was 180, which was uh, started with uh, abortion uh, and, of course, went to the gospel. What's your next one? What's, what's in your mind for the next one?
2: Well, we don't have any films lined up, uh, major films, but we do continually put out video clips and we do our television program. Uh, we film that once or twice a week via Zoom at the moment, but things are going to free up so we can get back into making more substantial movies. Um, But they can be seen on fullyfreefilms.com. Did you know that?
0: I did not know that. Fully Fullyfreefilms.com.
2: They're in one place, fullyfreefilms.com. And you know what? They're fully free.
0: Excellent. Hmm. Excellent. Ray, God bless you. It's good to see you again. And if I don't see you down here again, I'll see you up there.
2: Okay, great to see you, Rob. God bless you. Thank you.
0: You'll notice how Ray deflected from anything that sort of went away from his brief from God. And his brief comes from Ephesians chapter 4. I wanted to read this to you. A lot of people miss it. Um, Ephesians 4.11, it says, He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, and unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The twofold job of an evangelist is not just going and telling other people about Jesus. I mean, that's that's our responsibility as well. But the evangelist's job is to train others to do that, and that's raised twofold side: going and telling people about the Lord, and training you and me and how we should do it. And we each do it our own different ways. Personally, I love coffee shop evangelism. Sitting down, talking to somebody over a a nice Americano with cream or something like that. I'm not a a street preacher. I don't enjoy that. I enjoy sitting down, having a coffee with someone that doesn't know Jesus and explaining what it is that we believe. We all have our own different ways. Ray's is quite demonstrable. And I want to play you a bit from his first movie that he made, uh, which is available, as he said, from fullyfreefilms.com. This one's called 180. Have you heard of Adolf Hitler? No. You don't know who he is?
3: No.
2: I'm Jewish, and I'm deeply concerned that a generation is forgetting one of the greatest tragedies in the history of the human race. Adolf Hitler sanctioned the murder of 11 million people, including 6 million Jews, through what's commonly called the Holocaust. In Germany, statues of Hitler are forbidden, and his Nazi salute is illegal. And in Austria, if you even deny the Holocaust took place, they'll throw you in jail. Germany so wants to keep alive the memory of that horror it has mandatory Holocaust education for its children. This is because it's been rightly said that those who forget history are destined to repeat it. Adolf Hitler, what do you know about him? He was a, uh, uh, what's it called?
4: He was kind of a president. What do you know about Adolf Hitler?
3: I really don't know anything about it.
2: <laughs> Have
4: you heard of Adolf Hitler?
3: Um, no. <laughs> never heard of him?
2: No. I vaguely remember him. Who was Adolf Hitler?
3: Um, he was the guy that's, in. was he German? I really don't know that much about him.
2: Who was Adolf Hitler? Um, uh,
1: this guy with the head of mustache. Who was Adolf Hitler? Uh, he was a communist
2: riot leader of Germany. Who was Adolf Hitler? I don't know. You have no idea at all. No. Uh, he was a communist.
1: Um, is he like a, a, a actor or someone? He's like something about Holocaust.
2: So tell me what you know about Adolf Hitler. Uh, I don't know anything about him. You ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Who's the guy with a mustache? Oh uh, no, I'm sorry. You're about to meet Steve. As you'll see, Steve is a self-proclaimed neo-Nazi who loves Adolf Hitler, hates Jews, and people of dark skin.
5: White people are up here, and then there's Jews. So the white man is the best man.
2: What's the purpose of man's existence?
5: To get drunk and have a blue mohawk. What was Jesus Christ? No, he was a and what do Jews do they lie Christianity is a Jewish trick but it hasn't tricked me because I'm Greek and I'm smarter than that
2: spell the word shop shop s h o p what do you do when you come to a green light stop, stop. green light oh, God. <laughs> see now if you can make a mistake with something as simple as that, yeah, that was, just yeah. think just think if you're making a mistake when this not whole not. philosophy you're making a mistake
5: I don't hate black people because they're black I hate black people because they're pieces of <laughs> because they ruin every neighborhood they come into because they do bad things to my people because of the color of our skin. This country is and I hate America. Your I Commandments was written by a bunch of little weak Jews that were like that couldn't stand up for themselves so they had to make up a fake God to protect them because they're a weak race. Jesus was a Jew and if you were in Auschwitz I'd give him a tattoo. That a fellow was not evil. So
2: who, what do you have to do to be evil? He killed six million Jews and blacks and and, and gypsies and, and homosexuals?
5: I don't believe that. I think that's a lie. I don't think he killed that many people. I love Hitler.
2: Why? Because he wanted to cleanse
5: the world of
4: non-white races. Adolf Hitler is the uh, most famous uh, criminal in the world.
2: Don't you think he was evil?
4: Evil? No. No. Who was Adolf Hitler? Uh, the leader of the Nazis. He
1: ran the fascist movement uh, in World War II, right? Good guy, bad guy? He was intelligent, but he was what he was doing was bad. Have you heard of Adolf Hitler?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah. What did he do? Uh, he killed a lot of people and tried to take over the world. Good guy or bad guy? <laughs> bad. I can ask you this question. It's not a racist question, but are you German? Bin so, ein Deutscher. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, Have you my Maybe. Uh, maybe
0: saying too much, yep. do What did you think? You
2: know, it's a great book. But, dude, yeah, yeah. Best seller. It's still here. Do you admire Adolf Hitler? Absolutely. Is he evil? No. Is he evil when you know tomorrow, he, evil he killed the Jews? No. He didn't do that. Who did it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. The Holocaust didn't happen. Or didn't or didn't
0: happen. Right. Who were the killers? The Jews. Don't you understand the that America is run by Jews? Don't you understand that? Don't you get it? Don't you grab do. do. hold lead. Lead. of it? Yeah. What's wrong the with the that? What's wrong with it? Our King told you what's wrong with it. It'll bring hell on earth, and it has.
1: Look around you right now
0: and see the result of Judaism. You nuts? You crazy with your hatred? Your hatred? You just hate, you hate, you hate with evil. Stop it, stop stop
5: talking like a tube. You know what Hitler said, as he said, Christianity is a nice religion, but let's let it die out.
3: He put the Jewish people in concentration camps.
5: And he basically uh,
1: brainwashed the whole German civilization into believing that Jews were evil and you needed to get rid of
2: them. He started World War II. It's 1939, you've got a high-powered rifle and Adolf Hitler is in your sights. Do you take him out?
1: Absolutely.
2: So you didn't hesitate. Would you take him out? Yes. Okay. it's uh, about 30 years earlier. Um, Mrs. Hitler is pregnant with Adolf. Would you take her out? If I knew what he was going to do, yeah.
4: Would you shoot him? Immediately. Immediately. I would shoot him and tear him apart.
2: If you go back 30 years earlier, and Adolf Hitler's mother is pregnant with Adolf, and you've got a high-powered rifle, and you had one shot, would you take him out? Would you kill her to kill him?
4: Uh, definitely. definitely. Uh, kill her, kill him, and kill his relatives, everybody who belongs to Hitler family.
2: Did he kill millions
4: of Russians? Oh, yeah. That's Not he personally, but German army. And millions and millions. Russia lost about 30 million people in the Second World War. Uh, uh, He destroyed uh, German army, destroyed uh, most of European part of Soviet Union.
2: Did you lose any relatives?
4: Oh, yeah, I lost my father, my grandmother, my aunt, my brother.
2: hated Christianity. He called it a disease and once said the heaviest blow which ever struck humanity was Christianity, adding that it was an invention of the Jew. He killed or imprisoned genuine pastors and replaced them with his own Nazi pastors. He also replaced the cross with a swastika, printed 100,000 copies of his own twisted Bible, rewrote the Ten Commandments, and then created his own Aryan, anti-Semitic, non-Jewish Jesus. But most importantly, all this sprung from the fact that Hitler had created his own image of God and was what the Bible calls an idolater. He had another God before the God of the Bible. Like Judas Iscariot, he professed to be a follower of Jesus of Nazareth, but his motive was for his own evil agenda, and that agenda was very clear. He said, He alone, who owns the youth, gains the future. Adolf Hitler deceived the youth of Germany. He deceived many within the traditional church. But most of all, he deceived the millions of Germans who believed his lie about the supremacy of the German race. History tells us of one man who was present when the Nazis killed 1600 Jews on April the 6th, 1942. He witnessed them being shot and then being buried alive.
5: I saw them do the killing. At 5 p.m., they gave the command, fill in the pits. Screams and groans were coming from the pits. Suddenly, I saw my neighbor Ruderman rise from under the soil. His eyes were bloody, and he was screaming, finish me off. A murdered woman lay at my feet, a boy of five years crawled out from under her body and began to scream desperately, Mommy. That was all I saw since I fell unconscious.
2: It's 1943. A German officer has pointed a machine gun at you and told you to get in a bulldozer and drive it forward. You look in front of you, there's a big pit. Hundreds of Jewish families have been shot and they're in the pits. Many of them are dead, but some of them are still alive. He's telling you to bury them alive. You know that if you say no, he's just gonna say, okay, and shoot you with his machine oh gun. Goodness. Okay, and someone else is gonna do it, he's gonna do it. Would you do what he says?
3: I don't know. Well, I think that's a powerful question.
2: If you do what he says, he's gonna let you live. Would you drive the bulldozer forward?
3: No. No.
2: Why not? They're gonna die anyway. Because I'd rather die not doing that knowing that I was a cause. Would you drive the bulldozer?
3: Absolutely not. I think I would do it forward only because of um, the fear of of my own life and fearing fearing that I I have no other choice.
2: Would you do what he says? Absolutely. I would not. What about you? Would you drive it forward? No, I'd take the shot. Would you do what he says? Probably, yes you just bury those jews yeah if if it was me or uh if it was my life i would probably do that yeah i'd do it okay what say the soldier said to you like i don't want you to bury these people alive i'm just going to give you my gun and you just finish them all off just shoot them would you do that now that would be harder to do yeah that would be something it's almost more merciful to be shot than buried alive don't you think oh i think so yeah so you wouldn't shoot them but you'd bury them yeah what's the difference because i would think that most of them would be dead, that would be the... the yeah, but difference. there's some still alive. Yeah, I would probably try to put that out of, out of my mind. Would you do what he says? Absolutely not, he may as well shoot me. If he said, uh, take my gun, we've got a dozen officers pointing their guns at you, I want you to shoot those Jews. No, dude, no, no. So you wouldn't shoot them? No. But you'd bury them? them. If... <sighs> well, then I would probably do it just to save myself and my family. If he said to you, I want you to take this machine gun and finish those Jews off, would you do that? No, I wouldn't kill anybody, I couldn't do it. But you're burying them alive, which is worse than being shot with a bullet.
1: You're killing me, man. Um, That's a tough decision.
2: Would you do what he wants? Yeah. You just drive it forward? You wouldn't hesitate? No. Would you drive it forward? No. No, I would not. Would you do what he wants? No. Why not?
1: Well, for one, that's not morally right to me.
3: What can one person do if just that one person got out of the bulldozer, you know what I mean? Like, then their life is is gone too. It's that everyone needed to rise up against him, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people, where was the world, you know? Where, where was everybody, you know?
2: Maybe everybody is made up of individuals that would say I could never bury human beings alive. I'd rather die than do that. You value life? Of course. So you wouldn't take human life, you, you value human life? Yeah. How do you feel about abortion?
1: Mm. It all depends, that's a tricky subject.
2: Sounds like you value human life.
3: I do value human life. Alicia, how do you feel about abortion? Uh, I feel that... Um, it's a, it's a woman's right to choose, and every situation is a different situation. Are
2: you afraid of dying? No, I'm not afraid of death. Where are you going when you die? At the moment, hell. Stephen, what do you think happens when someone dies? Do you think there's an afterlife? Uh,
5: I don't know. Probably not. Probably not? So this is all there is? Uh, I think so, yeah.
2: Do you believe God exists? I don't think so, no. If there is a heaven, do you think you get there? Are you a good person? Oh, yeah. For sure. God wouldn't be mad at me.
1: I'm a good person morally. Yeah, I'm a good person. I'd hope so. Yes, sir. I believe in God. I believe in good. I don't do nobody no harm.
2: If there's a heaven, do you think you're good enough to go there? Are you a good person? Uh Yeah, I think I'm a good person. Why would you go to hell?
1: Because of my lifestyle I'm living. There is no hell. I don't believe that there is a judgment.
2: You don't?
5: No, I don't believe that.
2: But what's going to happen to Hitler on judgment day?
5: He's he's in hell.
2: How many lies have you told in your life?
5: Oh, uh, I don't know, thousands, I guess.
2: Lies? Lies? Too many to count. Oh, countless. What do you call someone who tells countless lies? A liar? Have you ever stolen something? In my lifetime? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure, of course, yeah. Uh, yes. Sure. What do you call someone who steals things? A thief. So what are you? A liar and a thief. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Absolutely. Sure have. Absolutely. Have you ever used God's name in vain? Yes. I heard you use his name just before, probably about 30 seconds ago, when you talked about lying. Do you realize that's called blasphemy? When you use God's name as a cuss word, it's very serious.
5: Sure. I guess it is,
2: yeah. Now, Jesus said, if you look at a woman and lust for her, you commit adultery with her in your heart. Have you ever done that? Looked at a woman with lust? Shoot me now. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, sir. <laughs> yeah. I like fornicating. It's fun.
2: Yeah, well, you can, like, Raping and bank robbery can be fun, but it's not right. Have you ever looked at a guy with lust? No, I'm gay.
5: I commit adultery about every two minutes, maybe.
2: Have you ever looked with lust? Yes. Yes. So, Alicia, by your own admission, you're a lying, blasphemous adulter at heart. And you've got to face God on Judgment Day, and we've looked at four of the Ten Commandments.
3: Oh, my goodness. Had sex
2: out of marriage? Yep. So, listen to this day, but this is why you don't want to believe in God. You're a self admitted, lying, thieving, blasphemous, adulterate fornicator and you have to face God on Judgment Day and the thought of being morally responsible to him is abhorrent to you, so you deny his existence. Uh Does that make sense? Yeah. Makes total sense. So John, you're in big trouble on Judgment Day. By your own admission, you're a lying thief, a blasphemer, adulterate heart and a fornicator. Wow. So will you go to heaven or hell?
1: From the way it sounds, hell. Does that concern you?
5: Absolutely.
2: No, 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 no! You got it all wrong. Ah, uh, guilty. Would you go to heaven or hell? Hell. Does that concern you? Yeah. So does it concern you that if you died today and God gave you justice, you'd end up in hell?
1: Not really, no. Well, don't try to change me around. I'm the way I am, and I don't give it.
2: You'll be guilty of breaking the commandments. So does it concern you that today, if you died today, you'd end up in hell? Yes. So you're starting to think about your life and how valuable it is? Yes. Does it concern you that if you died today and God gave you justice, you'd end up in
3: hell? I think God's a loving God, and, and I think He would uh, He would see my heart.
2: You know, He does. And He sees a liar and a blasphemer and an at heart. But if you're, if you're repentant, there's something you can actually do because of God's kindness to have all your sins forgiven. Do you know what God did for sinners?
3: Any idea? He sent his son Jesus Christ to the earth to um, to die on the cross for the sinners.
2: So if God judges you by the Ten Commandments on the day of judgment, do you think you would be innocent or guilty? Guilty. Heaven or hell? Uh, hell. Does that concern you? Yes, uh, it does somewhat. You know, God gave you a conscience so you know right from wrong. You know it's wrong to lie and steal and fornicate and blaspheme. It's written on your heart. Do you understand the legal implications of what He did? God's a judge. In His eyes you're guilty because you violated His law, the Ten Commandments. You're heading for a place called hell, God's prison, without parole, but Jesus stepped in and paid your fine on that cross. That means God can legally dismiss your case because your fine was paid for by another.
5: I Don't, know, don't you think it's funny, though, that God would put a nice guy like me to, in hell?
2: But a criminal might say that to a judge, but the judge will do that, which is right, even if it's a nice guy. If he's raped and murdered, he's going to get the books thrown at him. And you've violated God's law, even though you might be a nice guy. You're a self-admitted lying thief, blasphemer, adulterer, heart. Huh? God will give you justice, but He's not willing that any perish. He's given you something that says, I don't want to die. Listen to it, man. You've got a cross in the middle of your eyes. Think about what Jesus did on that cross. Think about how much God cares about sinners, that He'd do that. In the Bible verse, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And He rose from the dead. And what you've got to do is repent. Turn from your sins. Trust in Jesus. God will give you everlasting life. He'll forgive your sins. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. And the thing that will save you is God's goodness. The Savior, Jesus. He's like a parachute. Turning to a parachute won't save you, but putting it on will. And the moment you put on the lord jesus christ the minute you put your trust in him alicia god will forgive your sins dismiss your case and grant you the gift of everlasting life god will forgive our sins including abortion and grant us the gift of everlasting life does that make sense yes you have a bible at home yes you're gonna think about this yes so if you died today and god gave you justice you'd end up in hell There are two things you have to do to be saved you've got to repent not just confess your sins but turn from them and trust alone in Jesus Christ. When do you think you'll do that?
3: Well, um, probably as soon as possible. Wouldn't everybody? Do you have a Bible at home?
2: Yeah, I got a Bible at home.
3: Well, would you please think about this?
2: Yeah, of course, sure, sure why not? Shortly after the war had ended, the American military made those living near the concentration camps go through them. They wanted them to see firsthand what had caused the smoke to billow from the chimneys of those camps, and to witness what the leaders that they had allowed into power had done. Notice their lighthearted demeanor as they entered the camp, obviously unaware as to the horror that had taken place in their own backyard. And look at the change on their faces once they realized what had actually taken place. No doubt there's an abortion clinic near you. Perhaps you should pay them a visit to see what actually takes place behind their walls so that you can witness firsthand what's happening in your own backyard. Over 50 million human beings have been murdered in America's Holocaust, sanctioned by political leaders who have been put into power by the American people. Please, never, ever give your vote to any politician who advocates the murder of a child in the womb. So you're going to vote differently and think differently about this? Yeah,
3: I think I would. I think I definitely would, because uh, you're right. I had just said about the Holocaust, if every, if the, where was the world if everyone would have band together, you know, make a difference.
0: Very hard-hitting and very in-your-face, Ray Comfort and the film 180. If you want to see those, uh, that and other films that Ray has done, it's at fullyfreefilms.com. If you want to find out more about what Ray does and about the way of the master, then it's livingwaters.com. Fullyfreefilms.com and livingwaters.com, and we'll put the links uh, below for you to follow. That's our podcast for this week. We'll see you next time.